You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Oh yeah, welcome back to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show It's me, Joe Thrashenkill Joined again by my best good buddy You know him, you love him He's the internet's sweetheart He's 365 days of horror Or as we like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Jordan, I cannot complain, but I will. Um, I went out last night, right? Uh, I went to a heavy metal show. Uh, I supported... Your first mistake. I know, right? I supported the scene. That was my second mistake. (laughs) Gross. You're going to support the scene, the same thing that killed every other local band? (laughs) (laughs) I went out to uh, the album release show for a band uh, I stumbled upon last summer called Temptress, uh, which is, uh, I guess... Psyche, Doomy, Lady Fronted, uh, Heavy Metal Band. Very good, uh, but they played this show in uh, the worst uh, worst part of town by far, uh, Deep Ellum, uh, which is like the bar and venue district, and it sucks. Uh, So this show wraps up at like 1 a.m. because uh, this venue is monstrous. Uh, I don't know why you would do that to to people that supposedly pay you money, make make people stay out until 1 a.m., uh, but I met up with an old friend of mine uh, at the show, and so we decided that was not enough. Uh, it's not enough to be at this awful, awful venue till 1 a.m., so we kept going out. And uh, Jordan, I, I stumbled upon something there um, that really, really kind of shook my confidence in myself, uh, in America, um, in God, maybe. <laughs> uh, we stumbled upon a bar called Shot Topic. Can you can you take a guess at what this themed was? <laughs> um, well, it could be new metal. It could be pop punk. It could be just the walls are filled with Funko Pop figures. So there's options here. So um, it is exactly what you think it is. It is a bar that looks like a Hot Topic circa maybe 2004. Uh, the wall behind the bar is filled with uh, novelty T-shirts, like that are all modeled after you know the the popular band tees of the day, except it just says "Shot Topic" instead of the band name, uh, which I thought was actually pretty clever. Uh, they had a DJ there uh, who had the easiest job I think in the world, <laughs> playing uh, the biggest uh, pop punk and new metal hits of the uh, very early two thousands, and I watched uh, people my age uh, around me completely lose their fucking minds uh, having a great time. Uh, does this sound appealing to you in any way? Uh, well, none of it does. Sure, because, sure. I mean, I, I'm not a bar goer, and I listen to that stuff anyway on my own. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... I think it would be fun if it was in an actual old Hot Topic. That would be kind of neat and building off that. But it is weird how, like, there is a small group of people who get super excited to hear like nookie by limp biscuit yeah yeah um like out in the wild like it wasn't everywhere for a good 10 years and again also you can listen to that on your own whenever you want absolutely but no instead uh watching people like absolutely go off the chain uh when like um Finch comes on, or like Ohio is for Lovers by Hawthorne Heights. What it is to burn. (laughs) And like, again, my peers uh, in their 30s, like absolutely wearing the gear that they were wearing, like they're a little too fat to wear like now for all the skinny gear, but wearing it and going buck wild off the chain, screaming along, dancing. I'm just, you know, sitting there and like, I still have you know, I'm not immune to it. I, I still have the little uh, trigger of endorphins or whatever when I recognize a song that I haven't heard since mm-hmm. I was a kid. But I was talking to my friend. It's like, I am being marketed to and I hate it. <laughs> Big time. I mean, they, what, what they have now is like touring DJ nights, emo night. Like I think someone from maybe Taking Back Sunday or one of those other bands is just like touring around the country playing those songs like off an iPod or off their phone. Um, they do the same thing with new metal. They're trying to do new metal DJ nights. And again, you can just listen to this stuff on your own. You can hang out with your two or three friends who were there with you when this was an actual scene. But I guess this is for a lot of people. They have their 
2.5 children. They don't go out anymore. And this is their one night a month or one night a year where they get to hang loose and relive their youth. You got uh, the festivals in Las Vegas that are just full on. You are old now. We are calling this when we were young festival. So you can relive a little bit of joy. And there you go. That's a thing. We are now in the, the demographic of being your kind of old, but not so old that you can't like spend enough money. When the first like Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville restaurant and bar opened up, do you think that people were like, fuck yes, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened? Or were people maybe like, this feels a little cynical? <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Buffett fans are dorks. So yeah, probably exactly. into it. Sure. But uh, we're probably we're probably not that far away from at least getting maybe in Las Vegas or Los Angeles or some other sort of cesspool a just new metal burger, uh, you know, or shoots and ladders or something like that, where it's just a regular place and they just name it after name their food after band songs and band names. I know we have Kumas and a couple other places, yeah, but Kumas but make kind of it more, much uh, much dorkier. <laughs> much more obnoxious. Yeah. And they just have, I don't know, the bassist from Lincoln Park in the corner signing autographs. So we were there uh, too long and then the DJ played Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance and people were losing that, their fuck. That's the time to leave song. Well, you, yes, because I immediately realized that is the don't stop believing of my fucking generation. That's the song that sa- signifies, yes, you're all going to sing along and then you're going to get the fuck out. <laughs> it's closing time, but with eyeliner. Uh, essentially, yeah. Uh, the uh, Gen Xers had uh, closing time. We have the goddamn Welcome to the Black Parade, I guess. Uh, it's weird to watch your youth be uh, further, I mean, it was always commercialized, but be further repackaged and commercialized and nostalgized uh, into an easy, consumable product uh, and realize what's happening and be like, huh, I don't know, can I, can I just enjoy this or can I just be like grossed out that uh, this, is, this is what I have to choose from? <laughs> I think it's the people being into it that is what annoys me more than like being marketed to. Like, again, we are in that age bracket where they want to crank out as much money as possible for us, and they're going to do whatever they can, whether it's cartoons or revivals or music or movies or whatever. It's the more of the people being like, yes, finally, someone's playing Trust Company again. It feels a little bit like being a pig at a slaughterhouse. Like, you see, uh, you know, they're serving you slop uh, to fatten you up, and you're uh Piggy friends are like, fuck yes, slop. <laughs> <laughs> I love slop. Do you remember slop? Here's my slop patch and my slop button. And here's the original slop gack that I got from Nickelodeon in 1997. <laughs> so uh, I, still, I, I still had a fun time, I guess, in a, I don't know, uh, existential kind of way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, they should have played existentialism on prom night, now that I think about it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I will, um, never, ever go back to that place again in my life. Uh, Temptress it is might good not though. be open by the, it might not be open by the time you go uh, back. Certainly anyway. not. Certainly not. Temptress, a uh, good band. Highly recommend, uh, if you're, uh, I think that they're going actually on tour right now. So if you're, uh, in, I believe Southern States, Temptress, look them up. They're fun. You know, they should hook up with Baroness and Priestess and a couple of other S's. Wait, wh- what other S's we got here? There was Huntress, but they're not That's around right. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Huntress. Hmm. There's, like, uh, d- is there a Duchess? There should be a Duchess. There's probably a Duchess. Yeah. Um, boy, I, uh, I looked at, uh, Twitter when I was at uh, the hospital, uh, during a down moment, uh, a couple of days ago. And I saw something, I think I sent it to you, and then I started getting DMs from people I haven't talked to in years, like, have you seen this? <laughs> Isn't that the best, where people are like, they have to see this, they need to know. And Joe needs to know. Like, yeah, we know, we're plugged in way too much, but I, we always appreciate people thinking of us when they see something terrible. Yeah, just on the off chance I'm not plugged in, please, continue to reach out. Also, I like to hear from you guys, that's fine. Uh, it makes us feel good. It does. So, um, I guess we haven't really talked about this fella outside of the context of a series of episodes we did last year. Um, 
what 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 was it? No cover is the name of the show. No cover was the show produced by Sumerian Records, and along with uh, a couple of other people, there were some celebrity guest judges. You had your Misha Mansour. You had uh, what was her name that you guys really hated? A Bishop Briggs. Bishop Briggs right, is the one uh, that we really hated. Uh, you also had Gavin Rossdale, uh, still looking hot and divorced. Uh, Tosa Nabasi and Alice Cooper, I believe. And the lady from Hailstorm. And the lady from Hailstorm. We could not forget her. Um, I don't know if anybody actually liked that series of episodes that we did, but I liked it, so fuck it. Uh, that was the one positive uh, connotation I think I've ever had with Sumerian Records. So They produced the show, put it out. We had fun. We made content off of it. Everybody was happy. But uh, Sumerian is still uh, still out there, still putting out albums that you and I will never in a million years listen, listen to. Uh, but they had this killer, killer tweet uh, just the other day uh, that I think if you've not seen right now, well, we're going to go ahead and cover it anyway. This Standing... Standing at 129 retweets, 1,264 likes, and 830 quote tweets. Is that Just good? so you have an idea. Is that a good sign? Uh, it's usually not a good sign. People tend not to quote tweet you that much with a, a attaboy or a thumbs up. There are some of those. Don't get me wrong. We'll sure. get into that. But uh, yeah, there's a, a tiny bit of ratio until it hit uh, the, the weirdo faction of Twitter and then it got boosted with some likes, but overall, not the best. So, uh, Sumerian Records, the official account here, tweets, We do not believe anyone should be forced to take a COVID booster shot every year for the rest of their lives like the FDA now suggests. That is your personal choice. If you think people shouldn't be allowed at shows unless they have booster every year, then we disagree. I feel like this is just so fucking out of left field, like, listen, motherfucker, if you don't agree that gay people should be allowed to wear striped pants, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, what are you even talking about? What is this What is this concern popping up out of nowhere? It's like the Simpsons quote, why now? Why not 20 years ago? I mean, like, why now indeed for this weird uh, vaccine hesitancy? Is that the euphemism we want to go here? Like, sure. all the juice has been fucking run dry from that, and it was done two years ago. With, like, there was a lot of hay being made out of this, and you were on the sidelines. Where were you, buddy? <laughs> like, why have you not signed Madball yet? Correct. Well, I mean, even Madball has some standards, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very random to be doing this now uh, when, I mean, remember when people were, buying fake vaccination cards for hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah people were people were being arrested for like trying to sell these things and convicted like of actual crimes when was the last time i can't remember the last time i was ever asked for a vaccination card or anyone asked for about that Uh, it is rare for me to eat i had i had it happen once and that was to get a job in the hospital (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's, that's it. And I like I had, for for my job, I had to show that I had gotten one. But like that's it. Never been asked in public for it. It's just ooh. again three years into this, and of course, like this isn't true. Sure. Like even the so this tweet was put up with a pair of screenshots that completely uh, are run counter to whatever the fuck Ash is talking about here. Like this NBC News article, it says FDA advisors raise doubts about moving to yearly COVID boosters. Like, okay, so the thing that you're so worried about, the they're, they're saying it's not going to fucking happen. What what are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm not sure. It is always funny when these types of people will be like, don't trust the media. They're lying to you. But then like post a screenshot from the most mainstream possible news organization yeah, is, as like proof of whatever. NBC News, are they trust? Is that a is that a real outlet? I don't know. I don't know. This is just like a, a, a such a, a out of nowhere thing to put. So you know, obviously, like we got to talk about this. We got to talk about it a little bit, and we have to talk about the sea of cunts that come out of the wo- woodwork with anything like this. <laughs> the just the worst people, and, and it's always the ones you suspect because again, the train is never late. As in the comment section for this, among Lots of people responding with, where's my order? (laughs) (laughs) 
why haven't you sent the thing I ordered a year ago? Where's my T-shirt? Where are my CDs? Or people going like, you guys really fell off after putting out Asking Alexandria or something like that. Yeah. Um, but some of the people you'd expect to show up in this type of thing are there, including our good friend who we just talked about last week, Tommy Vexed. He replied with a GIF tweet of Pikachu saying, I agree. Of course. Um, has he been canceled from uh, even considering a label like Sumerian Records now? I think that he's so far outside of the pale now that like that's not even a possibility. Uh, we do know that Ash is very business-minded, and I think even he would know that this is it would be bad business to have them, but perhaps they're uh, apparently combined forces of not believing the government when getting a vaccination <laughs> uh, in in spite of over a million Americans dying within the past couple of years because of this pandemic. Uh, who knows? Maybe that will bond them together and he'll want to put out the Lone Wolves' next album. It's possible. But, but beyond just uh, commenting on it, Tommy quote tweeted it. So here's one of the, the positive ones. Oh, he said, this is why the good, sensible label CEOs are afraid to stand up to medical tyranny because the new and you gen metal kids are so hopelessly indoctrinated and ignorant to their own legal rights that they couldn't smell medical tyranny of it shit in their laps. What? Do you, do medical, you want to take that one on? Do you want to break that down? I hate it when medical tyranny shits in my lap. Like we talk about a mixed metaphor, but this is like a, a completely upside down metaphor. <laughs> Not again. Medical tyranny. Come on. I thought we had you paper trained. Like, in medical tyranny, it's such a funny thing. I've only heard it used in reference to some kind of vaccine requirement. Have you, have you ever heard that phrase used in conjunction with any other circumstance? Like, you know, not being able to get medical care unless you have money. <laughs> <laughs> Excluding that, no. Yeah, uh, it's 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 just one of those buzzwords these cunts came up with for this one petty grievance. Uh, no, uh, one of our favorites, uh, one of my favorites, uh, just total shitbags, uh, popped up with this as well. Uh, at Merciful Kate, do you know At Merciful Kate? Let's see, the supporter of Nazi metal band Drudica. Yeah, big supporter. Or, or perhaps Turf. Yes, huge Turf. Uh, this is also the PR lady uh, for Season of Piss Records, uh, and she has never seen a shitty opinion that she would not get fully fully behind. says here, bingo, it has been proven that the CVAX is neither safe nor effective. Happy to see more people in our world speaking up. And it's so funny to see these worlds be colliding, you know? In, in what uh, other circumstance could you see uh, anybody involved with Season of Piss, like, getting full-throated behind Sumerian Records, you know, the, the trendy scene core label, right? Just bad ideas, like uh, flies to medical tyranny shitting in your lap. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Uh, so, you know, aside from that, uh, it has been very funny to see, uh, you know, the, the cast and crew, like all of our friends, if you look at this, you can see them getting in, get in their best shot. Uh, but I, I really appreciated Misha Mansoor tweeting here. Did you guys get hacked? <laughs> it's just that I picture his face like when he was watching one of the bands from No Cover. Like, do you guys really don't know what you're doing? Like, mm -hmm, kind of face. But he's making it at his now former label and former bandmate because they were both in the band Reflux together. Yeah, so uh, Ash here says uh, in reply, No, and neither did your singer, lol. Why don't you and Spencer have a live discussion? My girlfriend was a frontline COVID nurse risking her life every day way before the vaccine existed. I am passionate about this for a reason. Miss you, brother. Signed, Ash. <laughs> I like that he's signing it now to let people know that, yes, indeed, it is him tweeting this stuff out. The, uh, to the top reply to this is from at Halo in a gay stack saying, fake news, fake girlfriend, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> what, does she live in Canada? <laughs> I love being 
a topic expert because my girlfriend uh, works in a maybe in a hospital. Who knows? Like, we don't have. There are lots and lots of different kinds of nurses. <laughs> it's right up there with my uncle works at Nintendo. Correct. Yeah. Well, that gives me uh, that gives me some medical authority here. Uh, I'm fucking somebody that uh, wor- works with sick people occasionally. <laughs> She wears scrubs when she goes to work, so she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. She's working like a fucking uh, like plastic surgery clinic. <laughs> Just uh, helping someone give Botox to old rich ladies in L.A. It's possible. It's aesthetic nurse. It's a, apparently a very, very lucrative uh, gig. <laughs> or she does a dancing TikTok after one of her patients dies. <laughs> uh, so... I I do appreciate this because uh, Ash uh, from Sumerian has been very vocally thirsty uh, ever since Periphery left Sumerian Records. Like for years now, he's like, "Mm, these these fellas, they're going to regret this. They're going to come back to me one day. (laughs) They're going to see how well I do with Poppy and they're going to want that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that he is not giving it up. He's not going to miss an opportunity to say, Misha, come back. And like for, further on down, he responds with a link to a YouTube video of some doctor giving testimony in front of Congress about vaccine efficacy and things like that, which Sumerian Records also does post a comment on this thing. And if anyone knows the easiest way to like look up an account on YouTube, their other posts, let us know, because if he's using Sumerian Records to make a comment on this video... There's probably other ones, too, and I'd really like to see what else he's watching on YouTube because uh, there's probably some pandemic stuff in there. Yep. There's probably some – what's what's the new one? Like, Died Suddenly. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, <laughs> I, I, I've seen that uh, inverted pretty well. Uh, my favorite occurrence, of course, when Diamond of Diamond and Silk died and like, ah, sad to see she took the vax. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did find a response to – uh, one of these posts from, I believe it's the drummer for the band End All and Sands. <laughs> He's, his name's Doug <laughs> at Court Sands. It says, Ash, shut up, you fucking loser, before you get whooped. <laughs> Boy, you know, sometimes you just need to be straight, uh, straight with people. <laughs> and of course, another usual one of these people who is only on this, Filibanti, quote tweeted, with just a simple, this is interesting. Fucking put your back into it, you pussy. Like, don't be, don't be like, uh, you're above this. This is your shit. You are the pig and slop. Like, get into it. <laughs> and again, it's not interesting. Uh, don't defend record label CEOs. They're not speaking truth to power. Ash is the son or the estranged son, I should say, oh, okay. of the guy who directed Rocky and the Karate Kid movies. So he was born rich. He went to boarding school. He is not uh, a scrappy up and comer. Yeah, I could not believe uh, that when you sent it to me, uh, his dad did the first three Karate Kid movies and the first five Rocky movies. John Avildsen. I. I had no idea. Who knew? I will tell you, I've seen those first five Rocky movies dozens of times. I had no idea that was the director. I couldn't tell you who the director was if you put a gun to my head, I guess. <laughs> Same with the Karate Kid movies. Beloved movies. Everyone loves Cobra Kai now. I had no idea who directed it. It just never like crossed my mind to even look up who did it. Yeah, uh, which is weird because I normally care about that kind of thing. I guess in the context of a Rocky movie, I'm just like, this is not necessarily art. <laughs> this is <laughs> it is it is candy for your brain. Yes, yeah, so this is something that I'm going to fill my afternoon with while I'm like, I don't know, doing homework or gaming. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have you're the best around in your head for at least a week. Correct. Um, I would say that Rocky. Four, I believe, is to this day the only uh, the only good piece of anti-communist art ever produced by the United States. <laughs> it's pretty uh, well. I, I enjoy Red Dawn. I I never got into Red Dawn, but I've always been like, uh, you know, even Drago, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's pretty easy to follow along. I mean, he kills Apollo Creed, and you know, uh, 
Rocky has to go train in the snow. Fucking, and, he's in Siberia moving fucking logs and shit. Logs. <laughs> he's jogging in the heaviest pair of leather leather boots. My, fa- I don't, we don't really need to get into it, but I fucking love the Rocky movies because every Rocky movie he forgets how to be a professional fighter. <laughs> and like between one and two, it's like he might develop a learning disability <laughs> in the third and fourth. He has brain damage from his first fight after Apollo. It's true because he, and if you watch the Rocky fights, nobody has nobody once managed to block or slip a punch. You just take everything full board of the face. <laughs> It's kind of like pro wrestling there. A little bit, yeah. I love how fucking swole and glistening uh, he and Apollo Creed are the entire time. Like, just not bodies not fit for boxing in the least bit, <laughs> but they're they're going after it. God, I love those movies. Uh, anyway, uh, I gotta I gotta mark it against uh, John Avilson though, uh, because uh, he produced this shit ass son. <laughs> and if you're bored, like you can find this status on on Twitter and Ash was in the comments when people were like, what compels a record label to do this? He responds with freedom of speech, freedom of choice, freedom of bodily autonomy, Mm. freedom from government control, freedom from censorship or being bullied for a difference in personal beliefs about your own body. You know, the pillar and foundation of what rock and roll was built on. Interesting, because I found uh, this uh, this video uh, from a guy called Rockfeed, which appears to be a dick with ears that reads blabbermouth uh, without an ounce of charisma, uh, titled Sumerian Records. <laughs> so the opposite of us? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sumerian Records speaks out against vaccine card requirements for concerts. I want to send you this video just because of how alien this man looks in front of a microphone. Anyway, uh, the highlighted comment penned by Rockfeed uh, from Sumerian Records here says, we are, we are a freedom of choice company. Reproductive, medical, gender, art, religion, sexuality, also known as a rock and roll company. Uh, and of course, you have all these fucking weirdos that spend all their day on, uh, on uh, YouTube commenting, uh, libertarian mindset, love it. Love your artists. I'm going to buy all your records. Yeah, it's, sure you are. It's the same thing with uh, those fucking 90-year-old turfs in England uh, getting really into Venom Prison all of a sudden. <laughs> Speaking of which, Uh-oh. you saw a screenshot from Venom Prison. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, suppose that, Segway. I suppose that wasn't a one-off thing where uh, Larissa uh, got uh, really into gender-critical shit or whatever the, the English love. She was standing with her hands on her hips going, hmm, I don't gender. Know, I, don't I don't know, know about this gender thing. Uh, no, Ben Reese Thomas, uh, also of uh, Venom Prison, uh, somebody shared a post from his Instagram in which he shared a Jordan Peterson video uh, saying that this is genuine encouragement. How do people hate on this guy? It gets beyond more and more every day. Oh. I don't know. I've got a fully working frontal lobe, and I can hate on him pretty well, I think. Maybe that's your problem. <laughs> you know, with the exception of Michael Jordan, there really weren't any famous Jordans in the world. Hey, here and there, but not, like, one big one. And, like, this is the most popular Jordan out there, just ruining it for the rest of us Jordans out there. I mean, you got to take him down, right? It's He seems like he'd be very, very fragile. I mean, he... I he almost snap him in half like a twig. He almost died because like he drank what apple cider vinegar. I think and you, just ate meat and barbiturates. Yeah, I, th- I think you could take him down. Uh, anyway, uh, I really the last thing I want to do with my time is talk about fucking Jordan Peterson. Uh, if you don't know, he's a sued. <laughs> like he's a weird pseudo uh, pseudo intellectual guy who only became. Uh, a prominent figure because he decided that uh, trying to use a student's uh, preferred pronouns in class was tyranny and became a cause celeb uh, among right-wing media ever since. Uh, Completely meritless person, nothing interesting to say. Uh, Looks more and more like the Riddler every day. (laughs) I was thinking the Crypt Keeper. That too. Uh, maybe the most sensitive man ever produced by nature. Uh, he will keel over and die uh, if you put maybe an ounce of broccoli uh, stuffed inside of his uh, his porterhouse. I, th- I think he's going to die soon. 
just to get him one of those Beyond Meat things and not tell him mm. and see what happens. That would surely do it. Uh, also, I think it's been memory hold pretty well, but his daughter was involved with Andrew Tate uh, and his, uh, like, uh, what is it called? Human Trafficking Network. So, I don't know. Weird shit. <laughs> I'll, have to te- I'll have to team up with Jordan Peele and take down this inferior Jordan. That's the way to did you see? Uh, did you see that an- someone was trying to say Andrew Tate now has lung cancer and people are like, no, he's just withdrawing from steroids. That's why he looks so bad. <laughs> I mean, that could be a lot of things, actually. Uh, I truly believe that he could have um, lung cancer because he uh, it's part of his like gimmick thing where he always has uh, just a huge turd-like cigar in his mouth, uh, which, of course, will give you lung cancer. Uh, did well, you s- either way, happy ending to that story. I did see an image of him uh, where he hasn't been able to uh, shave his head, so you can see where his plugs didn't quite take. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's a piece of shit. I hope he dies in jail. Moving on here. We don't we don't have to dwell on any of this stuff. We can get something a little bit more fun, right? Sure. Um, this is a uh, topic that we had touched upon, I want to say, for about six weeks in a row, and then, uh, then nothing. Uh, the Big Six. Where are we at with The Big Six? People will remember The Big Six was a deathcore boy band or super group or whatever ridiculous word or nomenclature you want to use featuring the vocalists from Lorna Shore, Fit for an Autopsy, Left to Suffer, Infant Annihilator, Traitors, and Attila. Mm-hmm. Now, we first talked about how ridiculous this was, and then we talked about how Franz from Attila left, and then... Another vocalist came in, and the guy from Fit for an Autopsy left, and blah, blah, blah. This thing goes on and on without ever producing any sort of music beyond. I think they did a terrible Mariah Carey cover, yeah, yeah, and that was did. about it. Well, they're back again. They've changed their name. There's no more The Big Six. I know you're all devastated by I this. I know. This is, uh, this is traumatic to me. So now they're going with the name Project Vengeance. So, um, <clears throat> this post on Instagram saying the Big Six is dead, this is Project Vengeance, has 14,000 likes. So, uh, people are excited about this thing that, as such, has produced no real music. Um, they say that something is coming on the 8th of this month, uh, which should coincide with the day that this episode goes live. So, again, we will miss out on the latest drop. <laughs> The latest 15-second uh, Instagram video featuring one of the vocalists going, hey, 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 hey. Uh, Again, I uh, can't imagine a project uh, less essential than this one, uh, having five guys that do more or less the exact same thing on the same track, but you know, maybe we'll be, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe this will be something that blows our minds, right? Sure. I, this is a step down for the guy from Lorna Shore. He should just be focusing on his actually popular band right now. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you Don't fuck around with these losers. They're just going to tie you down. <laughs> like, just be on the road or just be working on new music with your popular band. The time is very limited for this sort of thing. So cash in while you can. And like you can do this stuff later. It, you can get paid for this later after you've you know, established how popular you are. You can have these bozos pay you if you want. Um, yeah. The, again, like, uh, he's not too far away from people offering him thousands of dollars to, like, gurgle on a track for 10 seconds, um, which is really where you want to be. And I, as far as I can tell, where the real money is in being a deathcore musician. Yeah, local deathcore bands would 100% give him $1,500 to do guest vocals on a song. Yeah, that he could record in his office. Yeah, again, what is that? It's like doing Fiverr. How long is that going to take you? <laughs> it's less than a day, and you could even charge them more. You could be like, for an extra five hundred dollars, I will write lyrics for you. Yes. Or for an extra whatever, I will do promo for you. It's a fairly easy thing to do. It's money making. Um, obviously, you don't care about <laughs> the quality of your work if you're going to be doing this sort of thing. You know, so be unscrupulous. Be like Bjorn from Soil Worker. Be like Chino from Deftones and just work with whoever as long as the check clears. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Deathcore guys have any uh, qualms about any of this stuff. I think that's absolutely expected and fine. 
What was the deal with the Deftones? They were doing some kind of collaboration. Was it like Marc Jacobs or some shit? I didn't hear anything about that. Oh, okay. Never mind. We don't need to get into high fashion X Deftones. <laughs> was it just just some sort of ugly hoodie that says Deftones? Essentially. But people are charging it $150 because oh. it has someone's name attached to it? Way more than that, yeah. <laughs> get high fashion, Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, this, this is never going to be anything. Um, when this music does drop, this is going to be completely forgotten. Uh, but we, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on this. God damn! I, I keep, I can't, I keep reading the fucking YouTube comments, man. It's, it's killing <laughs> me, man. Uh, Zach Crone here says I spent over five hundred dollars on hockey game tickets in Buffalo last year. They said I can't go because I'm not vaccinated and I can't get a refund. I'm now part of a class action lawsuit against them that left us that left a sour taste in the mouths of many people living in Buffalo. Key Bank Center is empty every time there's a hockey game now. Is that true? Do you think that's true? That is not true. The Buffalo Sabres are currently in the playoff race. They are playing fairly well. They have a chance to make the playoffs. People are watching them. You can see any sort of clip of them playing at home to see people are in the audience. Uh, I've been to uh, a bunch of sporting events uh, over the years. I've never once been asked for anything resembling a vaccine card or even an ID, (laughs) any of these things. Uh, I don't know if sports places still do this, but there was a time where you could bring your own food into these places. Yeah, uh, this is pretty pretty easy going. Uh, I don't think the overworked security guard is going to give a shit if you're fully up to date on your shots or not. <laughs> uh, and like all these places, they offered refunds yeah. or you know hold on to your ticket, and you could always resell it too. No, this guy spent $500, and he uh, he's so fucking stupid, he couldn't figure out what to do with the tickets. He's the kind of guy who gets up to the urinal, pulls his pants down, and then has to ask someone else, now what? Correct. Man, I can't fucking... I can't... St- I, I need to stop looking at the fucking YouTube comments, because it is the exact opposite of the Twitter experience, where people are like, you're a stupid asshole. <laughs> this is like, this is based as hell. <laughs> I am going to buy the next Palais Royale album because you are so based, sir. Yeah, sure you are. Nobody's going to buy that record. <laughs> um, and it just going back to it, putting all this out there, I know why he would do it on the Sumerian Records' own Twitter account and doing it for there. It's because it's popular. It'll reach the most amount of people. But it does hurt the bands that are on your label that either they don't agree with you or maybe they quietly do, but you you know there's going to be people who don't. There's going to be fans who don't, and they're not going to want to buy bands' music or go see them live if they're being promoted and supported by people saying this sort of thing. It's just a bad business move on top of everything. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and it's, again, like, I feel weird talking about Sumerian Records. This heyday is so far beyond gone. Uh, like, what is the flagship band with Sumerian Records now? For a while, they were signing, like, solo popular acts. Like, Jonathan Davis was on Sumerian Weird. Records for, for like, one album. Here, let me look up who is on their label now. Because I think Body Count was on briefly, and oh, that was right. kind of their shtick for a while. But there's still some of those, like, legacy metalcore acts. Yeah, they got After the Burial, who are, like, somehow one of the bigger names on Milwaukee Metal Fest. Mm-hmm. Someone named Alexis Monroe. Yeah, sure. Alien Blaze, who you may remember from not playing no cover because of, drumroll, the pandemic. Ah. And she she couldn't come over because she's from England. Uh, Animals as leaders. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Omens, who are popular right now for some reason. Between the Buried and Me. Black Veil Brides, Bones UK, who, <laughs> that was one of the judge ladies on the show. Really? Wait. Yeah, it was like after after the judges would make their judgment, they would like go to some other room and Ash would talk to them and one of the Bones UK people were there and uh, what's it, Blasco, remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, now I remember that. Um, so, okay. Born of Osiris, Chon. 
the Faceless from first to last, Icy Stars. Um, Is from first the, to last the, still a band? I don't think so. I think they like reformed, put out one album, and then people are like, oh yeah, that's right. Go back to being Skrillex. Yeah, do the thing that actually makes money. <laughs> Lilith Cesar, who's uh, I believe married to one of the Black Veil Brides guys, and uh, I learned recently is a Scientologist. Tight. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, the Native Hell. Oh, that's right. No cover. Yeah, they won. I don't think they've put out any music. Why would you? Edith Strauss, Oceano, Poppy, Palais Royale, Slaughter to Prevail, Sleeping with Sirens, The Smashing Pumpkins. What? I mean, that I, ideologically, this checks out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a couple other. Veil of Maya. So it's all these, it's these bands that the vast, vast majority of us and our listeners do not listen to. It is not our style of music. While sure. Some of these bands are still popular among a young generation of music fans bleh I mean like for the most part uh, these are all bands that their heydays are distinctly over I mean they might still have some popularity but this is for sure over and some of these bands uh, showed up on our top 30 YouTube videos of 2022 yeah yeah it's just not the same as like sleeping with sirens or whatever is never gonna have like uh, shit I don't even know if they're still a band aside from being on no cover but like they're never, they're never gonna have the heyday that they had in like 2012. Probably not. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> I saw that uh, Tim Lambesis has a uh, new side project coming out, uh, and uh, it's unrelated to the other side project he has coming out with uh, the uh, the bodybuilder that I've been following online for years. <laughs> Was it like Born of Fire or yeah, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Born is- Through Fire funny considering he burnt his dick off in a bonfire not that long ago it is very funny uh he's staying busy though man uh with a bunch of things that aren't as i lay dying and i feel like that says something about where that band is at i think that you nailed it when we last talked about this that the goodwill and the cash from the reunion tour is distinctly over i think people got to see their they had their nostalgia youth little boost for seeing the band. Uh, you, you can't really follow up on that without a lot of new music, which they haven't really done. Uh, the original members, a lot of them left. I think the pay must have not been that good or they did it once and they don't want to stick around with the guy or whatever, but it is what it is for that. And I just saw that Ken Susie from Unearth who was like a founding member and has been playing with them for over 20 years, left on Earth and is now in As L.A. Dying. What the hell? Mm. Troubling. <laughs> Troubling and confusing. Like, I'm sure As L.A. Dying, if you're on one of their albums and you get credit for it, you would earn more money than being on an Unearth record. That's true. But still, it's, huh. after all these years, you leave that to join that. Very, very strange. Uh, I again, like I don't, I don't. I've never been a fan of As I Lay Dying, and uh, I'm only following this because I'm morbidly curious uh, to hear uh, what his band sounds like with the again the biggest bodybuilder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I will give you three guesses as to what it sounds like. I mean, sure, but I want to hear it with my own ears. You, you want to hear how all of the glutes and lats and pictorial slap together to make this music slap together correct that's that's really all i want uh moving quickly through a couple of other headlines uh this one i thought uh this one gave me a chuckle so i'm gonna go ahead and share it uh godsmack cancels south american tour due to quote lack of ticket sales (laughs) (laughs) points for honesty i suppose instead of saying logistics or whatever yeah he just went well no one's coming to see us yeah, most of the time you got to use a euphemism here, but they went right aside with that. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, that this band is uh, s- just steering right into uh, their age. Like uh, they've made statements like, "We're not going to bother recording new music because nobody wants to hear new music from us. We're not going to fucking tour because you motherfuckers aren't buying enough tickets." Like uh, more bands should uh, should go for that that style of honesty, I think. And maybe you should play places where you're actually popular and not just assume, well, people online have said come to Brazil, so we're going to do it. <laughs> I think part of the problem with the, what they're dealing with is that they were like booking arenas and big venues and 
Uh, from what I can tell, like that sort of type of metal, like while there is obviously some popularity, I don't think Godsmack ever really had some sort of big push there in comparison to like your Iron Maidens or even like Alter Bridge or Creed. That's so, so funny that probably, Alter, Alter Bridge is like unquestionably a bigger band. <laughs> I think if maybe if they played smaller venues, they'd probably do a little bit better, but they probably don't want to play smaller venues. They probably want to play those big stages that they're used to playing in the U.S. I, I To this day, I, I don't know. Is, I always see Godsmack held up as the one pay-to-play band that made it, and it's just like, mm, if they did it, you can too. <laughs> Yeah, you just need to come up at the right time and have the right image and to sell out immediately so your songs are played in Navy commercials. Oh, God. Yep. Um, all right, moving on here a little bit further. Uh, you had uh, this little nugget that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of hubbub recently uh, about venues taking cuts of merch. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I have, and this story has been going on for as long as venues have been doing this sort of thing. I learned about it in like the early 2000s when I was booking shows in college because I booked a few real bands and they had inquired about, like, do you take any sort of percentage of merchandise? I'm like, no, of course not. <laughs> like, it had never even occurred to me yeah. to make a make a band give me money for selling their stuff. Like, it just... As a person, that makes no sense to me. It's like, I didn't do anything. You you made the shirt, you sold the shirt, you played the show. Yeah. Um, so, like, after that, it was kind of like, wow, places actually do this? And depending on the venue, depending on the bands, like, some of your local venues do not do this. The bigger ones probably do. Uh, the average percentage, from what I've seen, has usually been about 20%. That's the going rate. And... Bands obviously don't want to do this, but it's kind of the price that they unfortunately have been forced to pay if they want to play in certain venues. Recently, Gojira had, oh, actually, Gojira played a show, forget exactly where, somewhere in Europe, where fans had complained about the prices of their merchandise and someone had taken a picture. It was, I think they were either charging euros or pounds. I don't remember which one, but it was like, the equivalent of $120 for a hoodie, yeah. uh, you know, $50 for a t-shirt, that sort of thing, which is uh, exorbitant and extravagant. It's way too much. Uh, for me, my brain is still stuck in like the late 90s, early 2000s when you could buy a band t-shirt for $10. Got to keep up um, with inflation. I mean, like mentally, begrudgingly, I will be like, okay, I understand shirts are now like 20 to $25. In a venue, usually it's still expensive. It's still way too much, but like I can kind of get with it. Anything beyond that, unless they're touring from another country, like where they, yes, you need money to get home. It's a lot to travel, all that. Like that's when it like dips into like, okay, 30, 35. I, I don't like it, but I still understand. I'll probably never see you again. This yeah. is my only chance to buy merch without having to pay shipping or things like that. Fine, I still get it, but. We're reaching to the point now, uh, and we've talked about this on previous shows with prices for travel, van rental, uh, venues closing down, venues just straight up charging bands to play. All sorts of fees are going in, and it's making it harder and harder for these bands to play. And over the past couple of weeks, uh, progressive metal, metalcore band monuments, they're from the UK, uh, have been speaking out and publicly decrying these venues charging at times way, way, way more than expected for merchandise. Uh, just recently, they uh, talked about a cut that they had to play in Italy, in Milan. Um, like I said, usually it's 20%, and they posted a picture of it, and they were charged a 47% cut for yeah. the merchandise sold at well, their inc show. Included like a 28% value-added tax. I don't know what the fuck that means because I'm American, but... Uh, yeah, something called VAT. Yeah. Which, but, I mean, for me, is from Fallout. But sure. I don't, I don't know what this one is. Uh, but, I mean, essentially, it cut their pay in half. Uh, they ended with, like, less than $500 for the show, uh, which seems uh, bad. That seems very bad. <laughs> like if, A if few you, other if, bands are like, 
Go ahead. If you have a, like a full touring unit, like if you have staff or whatever, like that, you're fucked. You made nothing. You you paid you paid money to play that show. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, you can't live. Yeah, <laughs> you can't sure. live on something like that, especially if you're traveling. Um, if you have to pay any sort of visa fees, if you're going to other countries, personal transportation, public, you have to eat. Occasionally, you have to sleep somewhere that's not a van. <laughs> you have to shower. All these sorts of things, uh, and then that's like not even including your van breaks down or your instruments break or stuff gets stolen. Like all these bad things can happen. And then you're just getting robbed by a venue that needs you to play for them to exist. So it's uh, they ran into another issue. They played in Greece um, at a place called Gagarin 205, which was in Athens. Uh, per the band, they would subject to an 18% gross concession fee, merch cut, and the current standard value-added tax in place of Athens of 24%. This is on the PRP, by the what, way. What value is being added? That's what's throwing me off. I don't understand. It's the same thing as a convenience fee for when you buy a ticket for a show or processing. It's nothing. It means nothing. Googling this right so, now. What uh, is that? Uh, the it, band it, commented. Okay. Oh, okay. So uh, value-added tax, okay, from investopedia.com. A consumption tax on goods and services that is levied at each stage of the supply chain where value is added from initial production to the point of sale. Uh, so in terms of uh, getting a value-added tax on playing a show, as far as I can tell, that's fuck you, give me your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a, It would be a shame if something happened to your half-stack money. Yes. So about getting these all sort of added charges to just trying to sell a T-shirt, the band commented, we will not be selling merch at our show at Gagarin in Athens, Greece today due to a 18% gross concession and 24% VAT. We maintain a high quality standard for our merch and want to give that merch to you at fair prices, which we simply cannot do with venue merch cuts. It shouldn't be on our fans to pick up the bill for venue cuts, but also make zero sense for us to lose money. If you would like to continue supporting what we do, then please head over to our website and grab some merch or tabs for a much fairer price. We thank you for understanding. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Also, you could probably sell that shit out of your van, just throwing it out there. Yeah, cross the street and just be like, hey, don't buy anything here. Come see us after the show. Um, that's probably what I would do, but I have no honor. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, it makes total sense. Like, uh, the margins are get thin, getting thinner and thinner. Uh, you're trying imagine going to another country to play a show and just not making enough money to get to the next country. Like, fuck that. I get it. Uh, I'm sure that it hurts to, if they didn't actually sell merch out of their fucking van, like, uh, I'm sure it hurts to take that uh, loss, but, you know, it, it's a principled stand that I, I can definitely get behind. I don't know. What do you think? And the uh, vocalist and guitarist from Stick to Your Guns, Jesse Barnett, had uh, been talking about this as well, and he made a thread. He says, There's a lot of talk about striking in the music industry as of late. We music workers under no circumstance should try to attempt something like that right now. We must organize ourselves as workers first. We can't be arrogant and we can't be stupid. We must follow the lead of the global labor movement and their millennia of experience with organizing against corporate pigs. We cannot be chauvinistic in our analysis. We must be internationalist in our demands because this affects music workers worldwide. Patients love organization strategy will make it so our demands can be backed up with unrelenting militants. I'm tired, people. I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm tired. Let's stop asking for crumbs or even worse, asking for a seat at their table. I make music for me. I make music for others. I make music for many reasons, but that's not all that I am as a person. The other guy who has a whole life at home that has to leave deserves his peace, and so do you. So if nothing else, let's organize just under the one idea that we deserve peace, and then let's hit them in the fucking mouth with it. That is shockingly articulate, like a really well-thought-out, well-constructed statement. Uh, Wow, I'm surprised. Uh, And it's solidarity is what you need, so if... Uh, uh, only a handful of bands kind of speak out on this, but none of the others do, and they all go for it, then you can't move forward. Well, sure. You can't and earn a living because uh, higher-up bands are just like, yeah, that's fine. Take take $300 out of our $600 we make. No biggie. 
I mean, the thing about this is, is this business is rotten with people that are like, well, fuck you, fuck him, I'll do it for cheaper, you know? Like, there yep. is no shortage of people that will work for free because they think it'll get their name out there and they'll be the next, I don't know, Godsmack. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what I think to myself whenever I see a fairly popular tweet going on of, like, talk of a global strike or something like that. Just, I know people would crawl over my body in a second if it meant them getting an extra quarter. Absolutely. Uh, the the answer to all of this is solidarity, and how do you achieve that with people who would uh, who are total fucking bottom feeders? Well, the answer is you don't. <laughs> you yeah, have it, to remove it would be these good people. If one of these, it would be good if one of these unions stepped in a little bit. Like, there was talk about unions being interested in helping out professional wrestlers because they're contract workers and that fizzled after a couple of weeks i mean andrew yang tried to make it a thing and of course we all know where that went and we've talked about it before it'd be great if there was a union for musicians touring musicians something to protect these people every time it gets brought up like this it just kind of fades away after a while it's unfortunate and bands just suffer for it and then they either stop touring because they can't afford it or they tour forever because they just need the money to pay their medical bills. And at that point, other bands come around and there's less venues and they're playing for less money, but they're just young and stoked to be playing and it's just exploitation all around. I mean, the, the way that it's useful to frame this for me is like you have to consider the context in which rock and roll popped up and started like the traditions that are still followed today, like 80 years later. It's rock and roll was a reaction uh, to these older styles. It was fundamentally anti-communist in nature. <laughs> like all of these things that we're doing are completely fly in the face of any kind of worker solidarity organization and it's meant to be that way how do you change that now you got to kill the entire genre start over and that's not going to happen with take a look at sumerian records you think they're going to support bands that want a bigger cut of merchandise no they're going to want merchandise cuts for themselves absolutely uh so someone ask someone ask ash what he thinks about this i'd love to hear it top to bottom bottom theaters that's what it is man like, uh, again, kill their own mother to get a deeper cut. Um, so yeah, that's not great. That's not good. Uh, I don't know. I think we should, uh, I think it would make sense to license bigger bands, like bands that are always going to sell like, um, like, uh, corn into, you know, local units. Like there's a corn in every major city and they all have, uh, you know, they all play, uh, you know, a regular schedule, like at the symphony orchestra or whatever. And they, uh, they all, uh, they're unionized. They, uh, they all get regular paychecks. Uh, or what, what we could do is bigger bands. Let's just, uh, let's just go with Metallica. Mm -hmm. They require a drink cut from a venue. If you want to sell drinks at our show, you have to give us 15% of what the bar makes. That's interesting. Uh, there are very few bands that could swing their nuts that way, but that Metallica mm. is certainly one of them. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, you'd, and they like their money. For sure. Metallica enjo enjoys getting their money, and they have the power to do that because they're going on tour soon. Those shows are going to sell out. They're going to sh sell out very well. And venues would clamor, would kill each other to get a chance to have them there. And I know Metallica wants to play Foxborough Stadium and things like that, but conceivably, if they wanted to, they have the power. They could choose to play at another arena, still sell out for the same amount of you know ticket prices, and use that sort of leverage. Worth a shot. But they won't. They won't, no, no. <laughs> they won't, but yeah. it would be nice. Sure would be nice uh, if... Uh, we could somehow organize uh, into some kind of solidarity, some semblance of it. Again, uh, you see so many just scumbags all throughout. It just flies in the face of it, though. Um, from top, to, from top to bottom, like you said, to it's everyone's trying to get money out of you or the band. So, uh, where do we go from here? How do we fix everything? It'd be cool if some more bands did this sort of thing. Uh, it's it's good that monuments and, and stick to your guns are like talking about this because again, it's not necessarily common knowledge. You just 
go to a show and you pay, well, geez, T-shirts, $30. I guess I got to pay $30. That's a lot of money you're asking for me without the the context of why bands have to charge that much. Uh, I think it's helpful to have that transparency as a fan and as someone in bands just to know like what is going on and why sometimes bands won't play your local venue, maybe because they're doing something like this. Um, it's just all of the money and effort that goes into this. So like when a band just gets frustrated and breaks up, it's sometimes it's reasons like this. It's things that are out of their control and they're just being squeezed so much that they just give up for a while. And it's better to work a faceless, mindless office job for a few years and get a steady paycheck and get health insurance. Why kill yourself to play in the middle of nowhere where the venue takes whatever money that you actually earn from the stuff you sell. We should talk about the real unsung heroes, though. And we need to start a podcaster's union. <laughs> we need to make sure that you and uh, people like you and me are getting paid. That's the most important thing. Of course. Uh, I mean, the music is whatever, but you need people there to comment on it specifically. Uh, I think and then you could have a podcast about the podcast union. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, we got to monetize the podcast about the podcast as well. Hey, speaking of monetization, uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Patreon. Have you seen that? Patreon.com slash Toilet of Hell. Uh, this past month's show, we're still doing our label ball, where we take a look at major heavy metal music labels and kind of take a sledgehammer and a chainsaw to their roster and make them into lean, mean, money-making, fighting machines. This past month, we did part one of Napalm Records. We had to do extra parts for this because the label is so big and we had to go who's this band wait let's look them up oh yeah and okay no we're not gonna have them on here boy we have our fucking work cut out for us with this one like we gotta streamline we gotta optimize we gotta synergize and we gotta have massive massive layoffs <laughs> so we're gonna have a part two coming up this month I suspect we won't be doing a Sumerian Records episode. It would probably be about 30 seconds long, but who knows? Maybe we could throw together a couple of these smaller faded labels and do something with that. Uh, yeah, I, I've i heard uh, more feedback on these Fantasy Label Bowl episodes than uh, pretty much any other ones. People love these shows, so go listen to them over on the Patreon. Uh, give us a little dough. We give you some shows. Give us a little bit more dough. We'll record even more shows. How about that? Um I'm going to set up yeah. some kind of goal on there. Uh, I need to look at it because I can't remember how to handle any of that. But uh, we'll, we'll add a bonus bonus episode uh, at a certain goal. We got some ideas for some po possible reach goal goodies that we have in mind. Yeah, uh, we like money uh, and we like you. So let's combine those two hobbies. Uh, and Kind of uh, like Voltron. Exactly, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to get on this week's episode before we let these fine people go for the week? I'm sure there's some things that we talked about like last Monday. We're like, oh, yeah, we definitely got to talk about that. And it's just it's out of my head right now. Yeah, it's never coming back. Uh, but regardless, thanks for joining us for this one. And hey, I suppose we'll see you next time. Bye.
listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.